so tonight we're going to start a new one, uh, Romans 12. Uh, I am uh, excited about it. Uh, I'm thankful. I've already learned a lot, and God's just been stirring my heart uh, with this, and I'm excited about what God's going to do in our lives. Uh, as we study uh, Romans 12, we'll do the whole chapter. I don't know how long it'll take us. Y'all know how slow I can be at times. Those of you that have been in here, uh, we get in one area, we can stay on one verse for a long time. Uh, we may get into two or three words, the first verse this tonight, uh, because I just kind of want to do a, a summary to kind of show you a map of where we're going and, and what's going on. I, I will go ahead and read the first two verses of Romans 12, uh, and just then we'll just go back and we'll set the stage. Uh, Romans 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. Uh, most of the scripture tonight will be King James. We will do a little uh, bit of the Amplified Version and maybe one ESV. Uh, but starting in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Uh, to give you a summary of Romans 12, uh, we could start out when we look at the first few verses of that. We see a life of glory. We see a life that's talking about what God is wanting from us. A, a life of worship, a life of devotion, a, a life of where we're just showing that ultimate uh, commitment and devotion to the King of glory. Verses 3 through 8, we could look at that and say this is a life of giftedness. This is where we can understand that God wants every person in the body to know uh, that he wants to gift us and he wants to use us for his glory. Uh, it's showing us that now our self-image has changed. Uh, our image is now based upon us as Christians. And now we have a new reason for living. We've been given a gift and we want to serve God in our giftedness. And that's what verses 3 through 8 does that. Paul will summarize some of the spiritual gifts uh, and indicate to us that, that we've been transformed by grace through faith. So now we ought to operate in our giftedness. And I, I think it's time for God's people to understand that God has gifted us and we need to operate and function within that giftedness. We need to be able, amen, to let God use us. And, and that's what's been uh, so great the past few weeks on, on a Sunday morning when we see God speaking as he did this past Sunday, uh, speak a message to us through one and someone else interpret it. And it, and it affect, or it edifies the whole body uh, when people are functioning and operating within their giftedness. And what, what a blessing it is uh, to be able to do that. Verses 9 through, or 9 through 13 tells us, uh, it could show us a life of goodness uh, in terms of our habits and our attitudes. Hey man, uh, we begin turning from what is evil and clinging to that what, which is good. Loving others, being devoted to one another, honoring one another, practicing hospitality, and letting the goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ be like a live streaming video uh, being evidenced in our life each and every day. Verses 14 through 21 can show us how to live a life gracious of graciousness. Uh, Christians should be easy to get along with. Hello? Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, Christians ought to be pleasant. They ought to be gracious and forgiving, uh, easy to, to, to uh, be willing to forgive and be personable. Uh, there may be some who don't want to get along with us, amen, uh, but we are to be gracious people as Christians. And so when we look at that, that is, that is one way of summarizing that whole chapter, and we realize that Jesus Christ is our Savior. And he's wanting to unmold us from the patterns of this world and transform us into the very image of Christ. Amen. And I'm looking forward to, to just diving into this. And, and here's you a real quick, another summary. There's so many different ways this could go. Uh, so I'm going to give you another summary and we'll just go uh, Romans 12 and 1. How to give God what he wants most from you. Romans 12 and 1, when we look at that, we're going to discover what it is that God is really wanting most from you. Amen. And me. Uh, the verse, second verse, we'll see how God, how we can get God's best for our life. Uh, verses three and eight is coming to grips with who we really are. That's scary, isn't it? Hey, man, uh, it would tell us don't don't take don't be prideful and think too highly of yourself. Verses nine through thirteen, this is where we can discover how we can experience authentic community, and that's what we need again within our churches and those things. Uh, verses 14 through 21, we can see how to overcome evil. Uh, and so we, we can begin to see as we look into this chapter, uh, it teaches us how to surrender to God. It teaches us how to be separate from the world. We, we, we understand, hey man, I, that, that we need to do a self-assessment of ourselves, and we need to learn how to serve in love. And we can supernaturally overcome the evil uh, with good, amen, we don't have to overcome evil with bad, but we can supernaturally, by the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost, we can overcome evil, and all of that is taught within this one chapter, this is a, just a great and amazing chapter, uh, I pray that, that, that I become a better Romans 12 Christian, we all try to desire to be a Romans 12 Christian, because it is a foundational uh, truth that, that God is wanting us to walk in. I, I believe it's a it's a right now word uh, for the church because it brings us back to the basics. It it brings us back to the fundamentals of Christianity, of what God wants us to do. Whether it be our servanthood, whether it be, whether it be overcoming, whether it be loving one another, whether it just be worshiping Him and honor Him and glorifying Him and who He is. Uh, let us desire to be Romans 12 Christians one more time. I mean, how great would it be? I think if we could all decide, if this group and whomever decide that, you know what, I want to take the principles, the practical principles, and apply them to my life. I just think what it would create in the culture of our church. It would affect our homes. It would affect our jobs, our schools, every place we go. If we could begin to walk in the principle, the principles that are in these 21 short verses, amen, how they can impact our lives. So, so let's just dive into the first word that we're going to, I'm just, I'm going to, we're going to, in, in Romans 12 and 1, the first word that I want to pick out of there, I, hey man, it's not the first word in the scripture, but it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, I want you to understand that we are a family, that's what he's saying, he's understanding that he is addressing the family, he's addressing the body of Christ, he's talking to born again believers, this is a family affair, hey amen, if you're born again, if you're washed in the blood of the lamb, if you're a child of the most high, then there is no doubt that this chapter is for you, 
Amen? This chapter is for you, it's for me, it's for everybody. He's speaking to those that have experienced the marvelous grace of God. He's speaking to all of those that have been born again. Amen. And in understanding that we all, each and every one of us, have been called to be a disciple of Christ. I think we've forgotten that in American Christianity, that we've been called to be disciples of the Most High. Amen, and that's what he's saying. We, we tend to put the responsibility upon the teacher or upon the preacher or upon the worship leader. We, we say, well, that's for them. Amen, that's for the mature people. No, this is for every single one of us. We understand we all have the same responsibility to be a disciple of Christ. None of us are exempt from that. If you're a born-again believer, then you should be a disciple of the Most High God. Amen. This isn't just for a few, but this is for us. He wants us to learn to deny ourselves. He wants us to take up our cross and decide. Amen. So this is a family. This is a family message. This is a message to the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. That's what God wants us to do. So let's see what he does. He says, I beseech you. So I want to look at that word beseech. He's talking to the brethren. He's talking to the family. This is a call. This is an urging. Imagine a general stepping before the troops. He's calling the troops in. And he's saying, hey, I beseech you. I'm urging you. I'm imploring you. Give me all of your attention. It's critical that you give me every bit of your attention. That's what, when you're reading the word of the living God, I want you to understand right here, he's saying to you, uh, he's saying to you, Bobby Edda, I need you to pay attention about what you're about to read. Uh, uh, Pup, I need you to listen. I, I need you to really get, just focus in, hone in, uh, uh, put away the distractions. Hey, man, anybody in here easily distracted? Amen. I believe I got ADD and every kind of D and A and C and H and all of it. Amen. I was on the football field the other day. I, amen. And I just I was talking and, and, and we were trying to figure something out. And then I seen something. I started doing that. And the, and the, and the whole head coach was just standing there looking at me. I said, what, buddy? You're going to keep on talking. I can't stop and focus on one thing. Hey, man, but isn't that wrong? Sometimes, hey, man, we just need to stop. Say, okay, I need the main thing to be the main thing. And this is the main thing. Amen. Amen. This is the main course. This is it, amen. This is it. This is, you know, sometimes we sometimes we endure the main meal just to get to the dessert, right? Sometimes the dessert's the main thing. Amen. We want to get to that if that's what you want. But that's what he's saying. This is the this is the general. And who is our general? This is our Lord. This is our shepherd. This is the king of glory saying, hey, come on. I need you to listen. This is a call to of attention. This is a call to to action. This is what this, this whole chapter is about. Amen. And he's warning us to do that. He's warning us to get our attention. And I don't know about you, but we need to always fight to make sure our attention's where it needs to be. Amen. Isn't it? We, we need to focus, amen, and make sure that our attention is here. Amen. Because we, we, we all have a tendency to be distracted. We all do. If, if King David, that's what happened to King David, the men are out fighting. He's where? On the roof relaxing. Amen? we got to be careful. Amen? He, he got distracted. We all have to understand that. Amen? We've got to be sure uh, that, that we are paying attention. Amen? Uh, and, and I think many times we're trying hard to get God's attention. We're trying to say, God, I'm over here and I really need you to bless me. God is saying, hey, come on now. Come over here. Settle down and, and pay attention to what I'm doing. 
I think too many times we're trying to get God to come and bless what we're doing instead of saying, okay, God, what are you doing? What are you up to? Let me come and blind myself with you instead of trying to get God to line it up with us. Amen? So we need to do that. We need to, in, that, in essence, what this verse is trying to get us to do is to discover what God really wants from you and me. Amen? I want to know what he wants from me. I want to know what he wants, amen. And so we need to pay attention. Hebrews 2 and 1 says it this way. Since all of this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever. Now, now more than we have ever done it, we need to pay attention to the truths that we have heard. We're in a time to where we need to pay attention to the truth of the living word of God. Now, wouldn't you agree that that is a perfect scripture for us right now? That we need to pay attention now more than ever to the truths that we heard. Why? What's this? Lest in any way we drift past or let them slip away. I don't want to let the truths of who God is and who he's calling me and what he wants from me. I don't want to let those truths slip away. Do you? Listen to Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. He said, my son, or my daughter, I'm adding that, amen, be attentive to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. I need the life of God, don't you? I need the healing of God. He's saying, I beseech you. You want life, you want healing. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Pay attention to what he's saying. To the church, amen. In other words, you, Jesus said it. He that hath an ear, what? Let him hear. Amen, let him hear. We need to hear what God is wanting to say. Amen, we need to hear it from the word of God. We don't need some super duper joker to get on a plane and fly up in here and jack us up from the floor up. No, we've got the letter from the king of glory. Do you understand every day you open, every day you open the word, you've got the greatest preacher they ever was. Huh? You got the one that wrote it. You got the one that, that, that signed it, sealed it, delivered it. His name is Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's there. He's present. He's hovering over his word to, to make it come alive in your heart or to act it or perform it in your life. Amen. We need to understand that today. We need to pay attention to that. Amen. To, to his word. To what he says. We're talking about the creator, the sustainer of all things. The one that formed us in our mother's womb. We need to give him our full attention, don't you think? We need to pay attention to his word. We're bad about giving full attention to temporal things, aren't we? And partial attention to eternal things. We're all guilty of that. Y'all don't have to admit it. I'll admit it for you. Hey, man, I'm guilty. I give, I give partial attention to eternal things. Hey, man, I give my full attention to temporal but things. But don't you think, Michael, this yes. because we live... In this world that we see, mm -hmm. and there's conflict, and there's things happening in our families or yes. on our jobs, and we see that yes. daily, Amen. and we're having to battle with that daily. The spiritual, we can feel daily and everything, but it, it's hard to visualize sometimes. But when, when we concentrate, there is a heavenly game in the heaven show. You know, there is victory over trials, and... And we do have that one that walks and talks with us, even though we can't visually see him. But I think that's what distracts us a lot of times and pulls our attention away. Yes, amen. And it's easily done for all of us. Mm -hmm. But as long as we recognize that, then we're in a place that we can say, okay, 
I need to take some time. Think about it. What did Jesus do? Jesus always stayed on mission. Do you know that Jesus didn't heal everybody, did he? He could have. His mission wasn't that, was it? He had a mission for God. But when he finished, he said, I have completed the work that you called me to do. Sometimes you got to step away and just spend some time with the Father. We feel guilty by that sometimes, don't we? Hey, man, I know. Sometimes we feel like we've got to do this and do that. Come on. you got dishes. you got laundry. you got bills to pay. you got all these, these responsibilities and pressures. And if you don't do it, it ain't like you got an army of people that's going to come in here and do it for you, do it? Huh? So, huh? I'll tell Barbara there's no fairies that come to Amen. Hey, man, it don't happen. But So can I just tell you something that I've learned to do? Hey, man, I could just, just something I've learned to do. I have learned, hey man, whether I'm doing laundry, you know, being a single dad, whether you're doing laundry or dishes or cooking, and sometimes I'm doing all three, so I can really understand what's going on. And then you got one that's sick and one that's, I understand. Do you, learn, do you know that I have learned to practice the presence of the king where I am presently at? Amen. Amen. You learn, I, I learn to practice when, when I'm folding clothes I get in there and I'm just grinning sometimes. I don't know. Normally I'd just be tired, but sometimes I'm just alone with the Father. It's almost like He's folding the clothes for me and He's communing with me. And so learn that even in the busyness of it, you say, okay, God, I realize all this pressure, but let me focus that you're right here with me. You're right here with me. And, and just do it. Hey, man, and, and enjoy that. 1 Peter 1, 23-25 gives us this. Since you have been born again, not a perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. Don't you love God's Word? Amen. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls. But the Word of the Lord remains forever. And this is the Word that is being preached and taught to you that you're able to handle, look at, study, memorize. Do I encourage you to get back into His Word, to pay attention to His Word. I encourage you to go back and start memorizing the Word of God. Amen. And it's important. It is critical to us. Amen. Because we all have those short attention spans. Amen. And there's so many people want to dilute the Word of the living God right but we've got to call attention back to the Word of God. We've got to get our attention one more time. We, we want to see a move of God. I want to see it in my lifetime. Amen. Amen. I want to see it. Amen. Sunday morning, you're going, you're going to get to hear Lucia. Did I say that right? Did I say that? that one of, uh, a mighty woman of God that we met on a, I guess I met her on my second or third mission trip. And man, they have seen God do great and mighty miracles in their life. She is an Ecuadorian, and, and man, she is just a mighty woman of God. And, and I'm excited. I haven't seen her in over 10 years, I guess. How long has it, how long has it been? It's been 10 years, at, at least. least. At least 10 years. But I still remember the last night. Oh, that's going to be terrible. I remember the last night we were there. You know what I'm talking about. I know you got to remember they invite us up to their house. Their house was up above. And we go up to the steps, you know. And we're thinking, well, maybe we're going to serve them or something. Next thing we know, 
women are over here and men over here. You know what they're doing? They're washing our feet. I mean, I sobbed everybody. I don't believe it was dry in there. The I mean, I felt like I was not worthy of them to touch my feet. Because, I mean, you know, I know they ain't Jesus, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, they were they were just like, they were up there. They were with Paul, and, you know, I mean, they were just super duper. But they washed our feet because they paid attention to the Word of God. When you pay attention to the Word, God, it's a beautiful thing. And I won't ever forget them washing our feet, the prayers. I don't remember the, I don't remember a word they prayed, but, man, they prayed over us, and they, they ministered to our hearts and our souls. But over 10 years ago, I still remember and just remember the moment. That's the type of people. If we'll pay, pay attention to his word, it's time for us to stop minimizing the, internal, the eternal word of God and start magnifying his word. It's time for us to start magnify, magnifying who he is, his son, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his return again. He's coming again. Amen. He's coming again. You know, he reminded us. Time is short. He reminded us. Time is short. And can I tell you, I, I've spent more time, I mean, I, I, I have tried and tried to just stay focused and stay on Romans 12, but today he had me so deep down in, in just salvation. And I, and I was like, well, God, I don't, I, I don't understand. How, what's an easier way? What's a better way? What's going on? He spoke to me, gave me three T's. I mean, just like 10 seconds. Okay, God, you've got a sense of humor. You know, I mean, and because so many people are confused. They're not really saved. They, they think they are. Amen. But there's so much that God wants us to do. We, but we got to get back to magnifying. Because this is still the infallible word of the living God. It is still life. It is still healing. It is still saving. It is still cleansing. It is still tearing down walls. It is still parting the waters. It is still doing it all. You say, well, it's not happening in my life. It will sustain you while you're waiting on your breakthrough. Hey, man, it will sustain you. It will secure you. It will shelter you. It will supply the very need you've got. Hey, man, it is the word of God. Hey, man. We've got to get back to that. It is still living and active. It still gives light, direction, hope, strength, peace, transforms, whatever it is. Now, I just could see Paul sitting there and he's saying, Hey, listen, brethren. Listen, family. Listen, I'm about to speak eternal life to you. I'm about to speak your purpose. I have to bring that back to you. We need to quit paying attention to our, po to our politicians, our newscasts. All these stuff, hey man, the athletes, the, the superstars that, that we look at, hey man, we need to start, hey man, paying attention to the word of the living God. Because how many of you are like me? Sometimes we're guilty of just running through life. I mean, we get, we get to running through life and we don't. Exodus 3, uh, verse 1 through 4, we see an ordinary day. We see Moses on an ordinary day. And I'm just going to read the first four verses uh, to you just to try to get us to slow down and realize that sometimes in the ordinary day, God wants to do an extraordinary thing in your life. But you must pay attention. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. It caught his attention. 
that God is attention. You'll never get revelation if God don't have your attention. You'll never find a purpose and a plan for your life if God don't have your attention. Amen? You'll never walk in revelation knowledge, redemptive revelation knowledge, victory of revelation, unless he gets your attention. Watch what Moses does. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight and why the bush is not burnt. <coughs> Turned aside, he went. When you get attended, when God gets your attention, you're going to go to the source. Amen? Watch what happens. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Don't miss your moment because you won't stop to what God is trying to say to you. You realize God wants to speak to us every day. Amen. Every day God wants to speak something into our lives. It doesn't mean God comes down in a burning bush. Maybe it's a song that's on the radio and it begins to light, you know, remind you of some, some principle of scripture. God wants to speak to us. Maybe it's in the smile of somebody. Amen. I think of Emma Jo and her sweetness. Sometimes when I just see her, I feel like God's just speaking to me, reminding me of the sweetness of God. God's a sweet God. Amen. It's an aroma. I believe you can smell it. You know, I do. Amen. I believe that. Amen. Or when I see somebody that's going through something, I know they're going through it, they'll look you right now and say, I'm hurt, but I'm believing. And my goodness, that, that, that creates my tractor. That's God speaking, right? Amen. When I see somebody be faithful, we fail to pay attention because we like the roadrunner, man. We're just going as fast as we can. We're wide open, get to the next thing. We lay down, we get back up, we go wide open again. And we say, well, God, where are you? How many burning bushes have you and I sped up past? How many burning bush moments have we missed? Do you understand that we are that burning bush? He's burning on the inside of me. Amen. And he's wanting to speak through you. He's got a message for somebody you're going to come into contact with. But you can't give them that message if you're not paying attention to the word. To the king of glory. Amen. So he turned aside. He had his full and he gave him revelation. Don't miss yours. Beseech. Amen. It comes from that same word, uh, paraclete. You've heard that, right? That's the noun version of it. The, the other part of it is where we get this. Beseech, it's meaning to come alongside for the purpose of helping or giving aid. It also carries the idea of advising and also carries the idea of encouraging. Paul was giving evidence uh, that, hey, listen to what I'm about to say. Because when we think about the paraclete, we know who that is, right? That's the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's the Holy Ghost, right? Amen. That's the paraclete. He comes alongside uh, to be our comforter, to be our guide, to be our enabler, to be the, the revelation giver, to give us revelation, to lift up and exalt the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, he, the Holy Ghost. The, come, think about that. It's the same terminology. So what he's saying is, what I'm about to say to you by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the one that exhorts, by the one that encourages, by the one that equips, by the one that enables, I'm about to speak something by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm about to speak life to you. I'm about to speak hope to you through the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So when you say I beseech you, think about the paraclete. Uh, think about the Holy Ghost saying he's urging and the Holy Ghost uh, is an urging me uh, to come and give him my full attention because he wants to encourage me, because he wants to equip me or enable me. The Holy Ghost wants to move in our lives. Yeah. 
us. Amen. And think about that. When you look at that, don't miss that. That's what Paul's saying. I'm begging you to listen to me. I'm begging you to hear what I've got to say by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't you want to hear it? Amen. I love when the Holy Ghost speaks to me, don't you? Amen. 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 Now listen. Somebody said, well, I ain't never heard it. I ain't never heard him audibly. I know some people have. Amen. Everybody there. I ain't going to tell somebody, that, well, you didn't hear from God. Amen. Yeah, you listen. The Holy Ghost will speak to you in a way that you can know and understand. Yes. It will line up with his word. Amen. We'll never go against his word. Amen. And the Holy Ghost will speak to you. He loves you. He knows how gay needs to be spoken to. He can speak in a clear, still small voice. Amen. That was a paraclete right there. Amen. She will know. Amen. That's what he said. The sheep know my voice. Hello? Amen. So, so listen for him. He wants to speak. So let's go on to the next one. Therefore, I beseech you. Therefore, you know, you've heard the preacher say it a hundred times. Anytime you see therefore, see why it's therefore, right? But this is the fourth therefore of Romans. The therefore, we had first in Romans 3 and 20, we have the therefore of condemnation. He says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. By the deeds of the flesh. Hey, people that are saying, look at me, look at what I've done. They are not justified. Amen. But for by the law that is the knowledge of sin. Number two, therefore, is the therefore of justification. Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the peace? Amen. The third, therefore, of affirmation, amen, is one of my favorite, is Romans 8 and 1. There is therefore now, right now, no condemnation. To them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Yes. Is that yours? Amen. That's mine. Amen. And then this one here is a therefore of dedication. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. He's saying, by the, but therefore, he's saying, uh, Far more than what appears. When we look at that, we say, well, why is it there? But when you think about it, he's telling you it means because of or to sum up. It's, it's saying we need to look back and what has been spoken before. He's, it is summing up everything that has happened in the first 11 chapters of this book. He's saying, therefore, go ahead. I, I need a drink anyway. Good about that, that verse too, Michael. He says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. So to me, he's saying, I know you can't do it on your own. Amen. But by the mercies of God, amen. this is what you can do. Yes, amen. And, and hopefully, Lord willing, uh, next week we'll get into the mercies of God. You know, yeah. Wow. Uh, he's saying it's manifold. There's many sides yes. of the mercy of God. Aren't you thankful uh, for that? Amen. And, and uh, I, I won't jump ahead. Amen. But he's saying, amen, we need to consider Everything else that's been said, what he's saying is the first 11 chapters are about to be his launching pad. The first, all the, the 11 chapters, he's been laying a foundation. First 11 chapters have all been about deep theology. It's how we know, man, I'm adopted. I mean, we know this. We, we get this. We understand this. That we know that we're justified by peace. I, I mean, we are justified by faith in Christ. And now we're, I, not only do I have the peace of God, but now I'm at peace with God. 
Amen. Uh, if you need to ever need to be at peace with somebody, we need to be at peace with God. So the first 11 chapters was laying this deep, amazing theology that we have and that we operate and we walk in. But now he's moving us from theology to application. Rome, that's what Romans 12 is. It is practical application to every Christian life. It's taking all of the theology from the first 11 chapters and now he's saying this is how it applies to your life. That's crazy, isn't it? He, when, when you stop and you look at that, hey man, he's pointing us. He's saying, look back, understand all of the truths, all this theology that has been laid in you. Hey man, you want to know why you study? It's laying a foundation in your life. And it's going to be applicable to your life. Amen. So, so we're looking at it. We're, we're looking and we look and we understand that we are saved. When we look back in the first 11 chapters, we see all kinds of topics that were saved. We understand that we'll get a glorified body. We, we're going to understand that, 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 that we're a righteous. Our righteousness comes from God alone. We understand that God justifies the guilty, condemned sinner that deserved hell. Think about it. We understand for all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. That's theology. We understand that. With that. Wow. We've all, do you understand if you were a little bit guilty, you were all guilty. If you were a little bit wrong, you were all the way wrong. We've all sinned and we all deserve hell. We all deserve to die. We understand that theology. But God, thank God that he justifies us uh, by grace through faith alone in Christ alone. Nothing else. Amen? So the theme verse of the first 11 chapters, in my personal opinion, is Romans 1, 16 and 17. It says this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, first the Jew, then the Gentile. Amen? For in the gospel of righteousness from God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as written, the righteous will live by faith. Now, we think about all the topics that were covered, amen, uh, grace is covered in, in the first 11 chapters, salvation, redemption, righteousness, apart from the law, justification of sinners, sanctification, freedom from sin, praise God, freedom from the tyranny of sin, amen, uh, uh, holy living, righteous living, amen, and the deep, profound love of God in Christ Jesus is taught to us in the first 11 chapters. I'll give you just a quick synopsis of it. Romans 1, the gospel is the power of God. Aren't you thankful for the power of the gospel? Do you understand? Don't you ever get tired of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. It is powerful. Hey Amen. I don't care what stage of life you're in. It is the power of God. It is wrapped up in the gospel. The complete, full completion of God is in the gospel. Amen? The fullness of God, the fullness of His glory, the fullness of His power, the fullness of His provision is all found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we need to be sharing the gospel. When you're sharing the gospel, you're sharing the power of God. Amen? I'm going to give you the three quick T's of how to share. This is something, Rick. I can't. I mean, it's in me. God told me today, He said, listen, most everybody understands that it's, that it's about taking away. He takes away our sin. Right? Most everybody can get that. Man, I forgive and bless God. But, few, uh, but some, only some, go to the next part. It's not only a taking away, but it's about taking on. I'm imputed the righteousness of God. I'm made righteous. Not by what I did. He done it, honey. Not me. I didn't do a thing. He took it away from me, 
and then he gave it. Think about it in this way. You had a debt. If you had a $50 million debt down at the bank, he'd come in and he paid that $50 million debt. That's the taking away. But bless God, he made a deposit before he left. He deposited in there a billion dollars. Now you think about it. He did. He deposited in every one of our lives the fullness of his glory. So that's the taking off. That's what we were seeing. I didn't do anything. He done it. And he told me, he said, but very few know how to take action. The gospel shows us that it's a taking away, it's a taking on, and taking action. Through the supernatural work of the Holy Ghost, now we begin to be developed in the very image of Christ over a period of time. Share the gospel. Tell them Jesus came to take your sins away. And go live the life he intended for him. He did that for me. Did he do it for you? Do you remember when he took it away? Do you remember when you realized, God, you gave me all of this? Are you kidding me? That you love me enough to give me not only forgiveness, but you've given me this life. You've given me victory. You've given me righteousness. Develop me into your image. Oh, my gosh. I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. Amen. Romans 2, we see God's righteous judgment. Amen. The whole world's guilty. Amen. I mean, we need to understand that. Romans 3, there is no righteousness. Uh, there, there is only righteousness apart from the law. Romans 4, we're justified by faith. Romans 5, amen, the results of justification by faith. That's where we get the peace. Amen. Romans 6, freedom from sin. Amen. I'm thankful. Amen. Sin doesn't get the rule and reign over us. Amen. That's the truth that are right. Romans 7, I'm married to Christ. Romans 8, I have life in the Spirit. Amen. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? Romans 9, we're children of promise through faith in Christ. Romans 10, it is the word of faith. Romans 11, amen, a remnant of Israel. Amen. That there will be that remnant. Amen. I'm thankful. Paul has been explaining the monumental work of God saving us, giving us this theology and understanding to now make us be able to apply it. Do you understand, In the, if you take the first 11 chapters, there's 13 commands in the first 11 chapters of Romans. In Romans 12, we have 11 commands. There's more in this chapter than any other New Testament chapter that I've been able to find. You may find more, and I may be wrong, and that's all I come back and, hey, we'll look at it. But, hey, man, it is so, when I look at Romans 12, is practical application for you and I. It, it moves us from talking the talk. I mean, people, we've seen them. People can talk the talk. But very few people, very few people can walk the talk. Very few people will walk the talk out. Amen. And you know it. We see it in our, we see it in our brothers and our sisters oftentimes. We've got to get back to this Romans 12. Because God wants us to be. He wants us to be what he created us to be. He wants us to be whole, perfect, complete, and holy. He wants us to be free from sin, guilt, shame, and condemnation. He wants us to know that we to be loved, accepted, secure, and confident, to be at peace, to be at rest. Because that's what he's taught us in those first 11 chapters. That Romans 8 and 1 is my, one of my favorite. There is now no condemnation. I'm not condemned. Don't let nobody condemn you. They can't nobody condemn a child of the Most High God. Your judge is God, not them. Amen. We can, we can flip over to Romans, amen, 8, and understand we know that he works all things to our good. Amen. But let's get back into this and understand this condemnation. Amen. 
Uh, verse 32, he said, He that spared not on his son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not only freely give us all things? Listen to what he says. Who shall, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. It is God that justifies you. Not anybody else, not somebody else's opinion, not somebody else's preference, not any of those things. You are justified by God alone. Let them say what they want to say. Let them do what they want to do. And he says, who is he that condemneth? If Christ died and yea, rather is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh separation or maketh intercession for you, you and I? Nobody else can condemn us. Amen. And that's what he's wanting us to do. And in Romans 12, Amen, 1, we begin to discover what God is wanting to uh, what he's wanting most from you and I. Next week we'll look at how we do it. It's the mercy of God. We'll come to understand that it's devotion, commitment, and worship. That's what God's wanting from you and I. Hey Amen. He's not wanting us to come and God do something for us. He's wanting us to come and give Him the glory and honor that He deserves. He's trying to get our attention. Go ahead. Doers of the word. Hey Amen. It's time. It's time. It's time for us to start doing that. Because in Romans 12, He wants us to be living sacrifices. In view of the mercy we've received in Christ Jesus. And he tells us how we're going to do this through the renewing of our mind. Amen. To the truth of God's word, serving and blessing the body of Christ through our gifts, and above all, by loving and being devoted to one another. Romans 12 is a call to live a life of peace, of faithfully serving the Lord in all things and overcoming the evil world by faith. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. We'll stop there. Therefore, and we'll get into the mercies of God in the coming days and weeks. Amen. Hopefully, we can do the mercy of God next week and, and, and finish that part of it. Amen. But realize that God is calling us, church, back to Him, back to the launching pad of who Christ is, who we are in Christ, and what He's wanting to do in our lives. God's wanting Him to do great things. He says He's coming back to an overcoming church. I believe he's looking for a Romans 12 Christian so that he can show his glory in their life. That's what I believe he's looking for. And he's looking for us to decide, decide that he's got our full attention and we can hear what he wants to say to us. It'll become a launching pad into your destiny and your purpose and what God wants to do in your life. So I challenge you to study Romans 12. Go back and study those first 11 chapters. Go in there and look at anything that, that shows you that he gave you justification, peace, righteousness, victory. Nothing separates you from the love of God. He's going to work all things for our good and that, that we win. Amen. And go back and realize that that becomes the launching pad of everything we're about to learn in Romans 12. I want to be a Romans 12 Christian, don't you? Amen. That's what I want. I want to see the power of God in my life. I want to see it and I, I'm looking forward to it. Anybody got anything else they want to add? I give you his righteousness you can take action and live a victorious, abundant, overflowing life. That is the gospel. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what he's come to do for every single one of us. You know he come for your family? Go see him. Tell him I love him. Give him a hug. Anybody else got anything you want to add? Any, any comment? Something you thought, man, I wish you would have said. Anybody else? Y'all good? Be transformed. Huh? Be, yes. Yeah, we'll get into that one. Hey, man, that'd be verse two. Hey, man, and we will get into it. And, and 
So, Mumba, will you dismiss us in a word of prayer? Sure. Uh, we'll get into the mercies and then our devotion, our commitment. God, that's what we need. That's what he's looking for. Because he said he would bless it if we would devote ourselves to him. Everybody good? I, I know I did a lot of summary at the beginning, but I just kind of wanted to see where we were going. And then we'll just slowly break that down as we, we looked at brethren beseech and therefore today. How good it is to gather together, Lord, as Christian brothers and sisters in you. How good it is to feel your presence and your peace and hear your word that's applied to our hearts. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I thank you for each one sitting here. I thank you for Pastor Michael that teaches so eloquently um, the truths of your word. And we pray, God, that we allow that word to be a seed to our hearts, to take root and grow and change us. Make us into the people you would have us to be, Lord Jesus. Let us hear you. Let us be receptive. Let us be sensitive. Send us home, Father, with the spirit of my ears are going to be open. My spiritual uh, ears and mind is going to be open to what the Heavenly Father would speak to me. And I thank you, God, for each one. Give us traveling mercies home. Yes. Bring us back at the appointed time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.